Hello, and welcome into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. Day one of the NFL Draft is in the books. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Immediately after round one of the NFL Draft, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, general manager Brett Veach, as well as the Chiefs' two first-round picks in cornerback Trent McDuffie and pass rusher George Karloftis. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Brett Veach. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, you'll hear from Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis, your two new Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, Brett Veach is on fire here. He did a real nice job moving up from 29 to 21 to take uh, Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington, University of Washington. Um, He's a heck of a player, uh, fast, good size, Great ball skills, um, loves to play the game, extremely smart. I think you'll like him when you, if you already haven't met him uh, by phone there, I, I think uh, you'll, you'll appreciate him. Sharp kid. And then uh, pick 30, um, we took uh, George Karlofitis. And uh, uh, very proud to be Greek. He is, and he's a he is a relentless motor. I mean, he he is fun to watch. And even though um, some people criticized him on TV here, uh, he he sure is he sure is a nice uh, uh, nice player. He, he does a does a great job pass rushing. He does great against the run game. He's strong. Um, he knows how to play the game. He's got a great feel for things. Anyways, with that time's yours. Coach, how'd you think it came down? Are you surprised with the way the, the draft fell? Uh, a bit. I mean, the initial part of it was a bit of history there, so it hadn't been done for a while. Where you have that many defense players picked in a row, and then all of a sudden you had a run on the receivers, and that was the offensive line and then the receivers. So, it, um, it, you know, we figured they would go somewhere in there, but we didn't know that there'd be quite that type of run on the, the defenders. But it, um, I'm glad we got these two. That's that's what I care about. We had targeted those guys and felt like they they would be there in in that area. We weren't sure about McDuffie. You know, that's why we went up and, and took him. But um, you know, we figured that we need to make a move for him. And you've been doing this so many times when a guy like yeah, so uh, you've got guys in there. Brett has guys in there. He's kind of the, uh, you know, he's conducting. So he's he's got guys that are calling for him and uh, different teams, just finding out if they'd be willing to, to move. And then he ended up finalizing it with with New England, both he and Borgonzi. So, um, you know, but, but you have you have a number of teams that were moving in there so and wanting to move. But that was the best, that was the best situation and where we thought we had to go to get them. Was this, a, was, this a, was this an ideal outcome, trading up in the first round sort of staying at 30? Yeah, I would tell you I'm, I'm happy with how that, that came out right there, yeah. I'm excited that we got a corner. Uh, very seldom do you have that, the highest guy on the board at that time for us, and then it'd be a position of need 
and that's normally when you try to go up and get the guy, trust your board. Um, and then with, I'll get you. With, and then with the defensive end, um, being able to kind of hang there and, and still still get him, I thought was was good. Andy, you guys have tended towards bigger corners lately. How, how does McDuffie fit in in that regard? Yeah, he's got. He, I mean, he's got enough size, and uh, he, he plays. He's played against big receivers and done a nice job. And um, you know, we thought that that, that would, his size was fine there. Yeah. Andy, you mentioned your excitement for these two defensive players. What about Spags and some of the defensive coaches? How, how what was their reaction? I mean, Herbie, he, he's ready to take you out to dinner right now. He's <laughs> he's, he's fired up. So yeah, no, he's very excited. These are two good football players. That's that's what we're. We're, we're all excited about that. And it was, you guys have built a cornerback room for the past four years. It's been pretty successful despite not getting this kind of draft capital or finances. Is it at all difficult to be, not to be swayed by saying, hey, we've got a fourth round, a sixth round, and an undrafted guy that have performed pretty well here? Yeah, well, we, we've got those picks coming up. So what we, we need, though, we, you know, that's, it was a position of need. And, um, you know, it, it, it worked out well for us. Uh, we're still available. Much much like you on the other side, uh, Spags like to move these quarterbacks everywhere. What do you, what do you guys like if they're the inside, outside versus Yeah, probably outside for right now. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, like I said, he's talented. So. And, and then being so involved with the offensive side of the ball, honestly, is this first night a little tough for you when, you know, you know you need to address the other side? Are you looking for so you got to play good defense. I mean, I'm not... You know, I'm, I'm all in, so I've got to play both sides of that um, as a head coach. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I like guys that like to play the game and that are tough. I like that. You, you mentioned that both these guys were players that you targeted, you wanted tonight. What was it really that stood out to you that made you think these, are the, these, these two stand out above everybody else? Yeah, well, their play is first, and then they're sharp guys. Um, and uh, you know, you always see that that combination. They're good people. So I mean, that that combination of those three things, I think, are you know, they they normally you can have some success with that. Coach, are these two positions where got, rookies can come in and contribute right away? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, these are first round picks, so yeah. Yeah. They love. They'll get in there and compete. Do you have both of these guys into the facility? Um, that's a good question. I'm, I'm trying to see which one. We did not have, for sure, we didn't have um, the Greek Freak 2 in. So we didn't have him in. You're going to love him. Uh, he, he is high octane, this guy, man. You're going to love him. But he, um, he, we did him on Zoom. And uh, McDuffie, I'm, I'm short on memory there, so. You, uh, are there players you sort of compare these guys to who, who they remind you of, both of these guys, mm. in the league or, or recently in the league? Yeah, you know what, I think I'm going to hold back on that. But I, I, because I've got a couple guys that I think they're like, but I'm going to just hold back and let's see what they do. I hate comparing guys. You know that. So I'm, I, I'm not good with that. We'll see. See how they do. Go ahead. You're right, Nick. Sorry, yep. uh, These are guys who were starters for multiple years on their team. Um, that was similar to what you guys did with Nick Bolton last year. Just how much of not just playing throughout their careers, but 
do you see sort of characteristic traits that are similar to Nick Bolton in terms of not only intelligence but maybe leadership quality? Yeah, solid guys. Yeah, solid guys that love football. I mean, I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're picking that late for Brett to be able to pull this out. I just think is, uh, I think when it's all said and done, I'm not, you know, it's hard to predict the future with any of these guys, but these guys are wired the right way um, for beginners. And then we'll, we'll see how they function on the football field. So they've still got that challenge ahead coming into a championship caliber team and, you know, having a show. So, um, you know, I'm, I look forward to that, though. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Herbie said he's going to take all you up to dinner now. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, sacrifice um, all the opportunities to get um, players tomorrow and Saturday. So I think we were committed to being selectively aggressive, and if a player like a Trent McDuffie was there, hey, let's go make a little move and get him because he's really good. Um, probably wouldn't have been there at 29. Uh, we were surprised he was there um, when, when we selected him with uh, New England's pick, but um, I think that was kind of our mindset going in, and, and we just followed the plan. Right. So, I mean, the, the um, obviously the um, Stingley and, and and Sauce went went high, and you know we were, we we had a, a grouping of corners there, and and um, just knowing some of the team needs that were directly in front of us, and I believe Buffalo then did take a corner shortly after, and I believe they traded up uh, a spot too, and so uh, we knew that was coming, and we had called teams. Um, I believe the pick before and the pick after um, of the New England trade, just to put ourselves ourselves in, in the position, um, and you know we just the way the board was falling and, and knowing that we're we're picking real late in this draft here, and the odds of a guy like McDuffie being at 21, let alone 29, were very uh, very low. So we just thought it was the right time to make that move. Andy, Andy sort of alluded to it. How rare is it that your draft board and, and well, it is. I mean, that's a good point because sometimes, uh, you know, when you're going in, they're trying to address a specific position, and, and obviously, you know, we we wanted to add some depth on the defensive line. I wanted to add depth in the secondary. It, it worked out. I would say that it's usually not the case, and uh, we knew early on that there was uh, good depth at the D line position. The corner position was a little different for us. Um, because just going through the process and, you know, again, something else I mentioned on the pre-draft presser, when you go through this process and, and you talk, talk about how they'd be implemented in our scheme and then you go through the, um, the interviews and the playbook stuff and the medical stuff, I mean, sometimes your numbers aren't as, um, aren't as deep as um, you would believe, uh, especially – before the whole process starts. So we were a little bit concerned there that um, not picking in until, um, you know, not picking until 29, McDuffie's definitely gone. And then, y y you know, depending on what you do there, uh, tomorrow not till 50, you know, we better just make our move now. And I think we were patient, and when we had the opportunity, we just made that move. But, I mean, he was a guy that I don't think when the night started, if uh, someone had asked me to make a prediction on your first pick of the night, it probably wouldn't have been – the guys I picked, but um, again, we're just really excited to add him uh, to the roster. Talk a little more on, on, on George. You, as you mentioned, he has you know, unique background. Probably didn't play football until high school, I mm -hmm. suspect, just given his background. What did you, what did you guys like about him? Yeah, uh, young, relentless. Uh, he's a guy that's really dedicated to his craft. And, you know, all the people that we spoke to at Purdue just talked about, you know, how the best football's in front of him. And again, uh, he had a water polo background and um, being being born in, in, in um, Athens and getting to come over here, late start to football, uh, picked it up quick, though. And I think one thing uh, that is um, common in every one that you talk to about George is just his approach to the game and, and how important it is to him. And I certainly think that Coach Cohen and Coach Baggs are, are going to be able to take him to the next level. And he's a guy that can play all along the line. And, again, just the way the, his approach, the way he prepares uh, week in and week out, uh, and his upside was something that uh, you're sitting there pick 30. I mean, that we felt that that was good value there. Brett, are there guys that these two remind you of? Uh, you know, I, 
I don't know. I have so many things going on in my mind tonight. I mean, it was, it's been a long night. I, I'm sure I have a couple guys, but um, I just know that there are two guys. They're, they're going to come in immediately right away and help us, and, and uh, both smart, both uh, love the process, both love, you know, uh, obviously the game. But, I mean, it, they, these were easier picks for us because of, I mean, when you get talent plus work ethic and, and you know, character like that, those guys rarely fail. I mean, these guys, they're – Profiles are like Nick Bolton and Cree Humphrey, and you know, good players do things the right way. Um, they're kind of hard to pass up on. What do you feel about the price uh, for the trade? Up? Is it fair? Yeah, yeah. And then on you, when you had your draft board finally done, you were like 16, 18, first round grades. Did either one of these guys fit in that first round grade for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, when you make a move, you're going to do that for a guy that you have in that range. So you know, we were able to do that, and. Um, you know, there's, you know, again, there's, there's every year you, you get 16, 18, you know, names like that. And um, I think the fact that we were aggressive to some degree shows um, kind of tip your hand on what you thought of, of McDuffie. And we certainly thought he was one of those players. And, um, you know, that's why we made that move. We'll go, we'll go these two, then you two. There seems to be uh, two schools of thought in the NFL right now, like these receivers, like hanging the receiver, going and trading off to get him over. What do you make of that dynamic that's sort of developing where certain teams are saying we want to invest in these guys and others are saying no, you know, let's sort of invest in a complete team in other positions? Yeah, I, I, listen, I think it's um, it's probably a, a case-by-case basis and where you are with other contracts on your team. And uh, obviously there will be a lot of uh, talk about the quarterback and their contract and is he on the rookie deal and can you be aggressive. And I think that – certainly comes into play and then you know where you are in futures with other contracts and um, you know we had some some players that were up there and uh, you, you know and that's a good thing because we have a lot of good players but I think it, it it's again being and that comes around to the free agency process when you're surveying the landscape of where you pick what receivers are available and you know can you replicate that and is this guy so unique that it doesn't matter how many picks you have, you can't find something like that. And I think every year it'll be different. And I think there are certainly years will be aggressive in free agency and, and be out in front. And there'll be some years like this past year where um, we're going to find values, the value in, in, in picks and, and building the roster on both sides of the football. And this was one of those years. And um, still a lot of good players on, on the board. And we still have um, two twos um, and a three tomorrow. So. You know, we're certainly excited about that. But I, I just think in, in general that question is it's a little hard to answer because year by year it, it'll change based on where you are and, and what your future contracts look like. Brett, with, the, um, with making the pick for McDuffie, how do you go through the process of saying, okay, how much do you want to anticipate maybe a team calling up for the 30th pick, sort of staying there and just anticipating sort of the idea that, you know, George is in front of you, but obviously sort of seeing how the rest of those picks play out before 30. Uh, are you, can you, you're asking in, on the trade down at 30 while you're picking at 21? Was that your question? No, no, after you make the pick yeah. for, for McDuffie, mm-hmm. what's the thought process with you guys in the room about the 30th pick? Uh, were there possibilities of maybe trading down, mm-hmm. or how much are you sort of anticipating sort of George falling in that range? For you guys? Yeah, and, and that's, um, that's exactly the point. Uh, so we had some calls, and then you're trying to, sort of handicap, all right, well, if we trade this far down, you, you know, are you going to have to just trade back what you just got to get back up in two or, or something very close? And then at the end of the day, is it worth it? 
So you're sitting there at 50, and I, I, we did take a call, um, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but we did that exercise, and, and we went, well, he's probably not going to be there that late. Um, I think, you know, it was something later, a combination of something. And then we kind of went through the math quickly that, well, well, we'll do that move, and then we'll have to, if we wanted a guy like this and, and you know, uh, more help at that position, you're going to end up potentially trading something to get back up again. Um, and then you're on the risk of finding a trade partner, the guy still being on the board. And, you know, we just felt good about uh, Trent and we felt good about George. And um, I think tomorrow, I, you know, the board will get even um, even crazier in regards to where teams, you know, see their talent. Um, but, we you know, we went in and we wanted some defensive line help. We wanted the corner help and we got two really good players. And I think we didn't want to get too cute with it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we have a lot of picks, and I think we're, we're mindful of that, but I think we're just going to do our best to stay true to our board and um, the guys that are there. Um, you know, not, you, you feel like you always want to adhere to that mindset of, of staying to the board and, and taking the best players, but there's also, you know, the known factor of, you know, you need some D-line help, you need some corner help. So um, it was very beneficial tonight to, to get two players that were highly ranked on our board at positions of need, and that allows us to continue to adhere to that mindset of just, hey, listen, if it's a, a wideout, if it's a lineman, if it's another corner, another D lineman, I mean, um, we need them all. I mean, I mean, other than other than quarterback, I mean, we need another somebody at some position uh, right across the board. So I think this just allows for even more flexibility now to continue to, um, you know, stick to that mindset. Last one, Sam. Ray, you guys have built yeah and look we have four seventh round picks so hopefully we can hit on another one of those guys and um again uh i think i mentioned this a few days ago too a lot of it's just the circumstance and um i think every team you know just like tackles and pass rushers and, and corners. I mean, if you get a chance to take those guys, you take them. I mean, we've just been stuck in a situation where we're picking late and don't have a, a ton of extra money. So we have to be, um, you know, selective. And, you know, we have to do a lot of work on the back end. And, and you know, that's why the NFL is great. Um, you know, there's a price to pay for being good. And that's less money and, and picks that are further down the board. And you got to maximize those opportunities. And I think we do a good job. And you, you know how we operate. We, we love... Um, as much as I love Friday, I, our staff loves Saturday, um, uh, Friday and Saturday even more than Thursday. I guess they th losing track of the days. But as much as we love Thursday, our staff loves Friday and Saturday even more. So this is when we have a lot of fun the next few days, and we're looking forward to it. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Trent, uh, congratulations, and welcome to Kansas City. Thank um, you. Just, curi just curious how much contact you had with the Chiefs before the draft, and were you aware they're – interest in you and brad i'll have a second question as well yeah um talked to him at the combine actually had a uh, informal interview with them spoke with the dc spagnolia um but then after that didn't really have too much communication so when i got that phone call it was like whoa kansas city like this is dope so it was exciting when i got that phone call for sure okay. and what do you know about their defense the style of play uh, what spagnolo likes to do what do you know about all that 
man, I know that we're going to get turnovers. They're an aggressive defense. They've had a lot of great DBs there. And, I mean, the culture there is awesome. So I'm just excited to be a part of this organization and go about this defense however best I can. Let's go next to Herbie Teope with the Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, trying to echo Adam's uh, sentiments there. Welcome to Kansas City. Thank, you mentioned thank some you. of your yeah, no, you're very welcome. You mentioned some of your interactions with the Chiefs, but how do you think your skill set, your specific skill set, fits with what Spagnolo was going to expect of you in his scheme? Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I look at myself almost like a Tyron Matthew type of guy, someone who's going to be able to go in and just play a bunch of different wow. positions um, and just help out the team however I can. Um, that's a big thing for me moving forward is just going in there with the mindset of however I can get on the field, however I can help out this team, I'm going to do everything I can to do it. So I know that this organization is has a great defensive mindset. So honestly, very excited to be a part of this team. Let's go next to Nate Taylor with The Athletic. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Trent. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, when you when you talked with Steve Spagnuolo, what was sort of that chat like? And uh, how much have you watched the Chiefs over the last few years? And just uh, how much have you tried to uh, model your game after Tyron Matthew? Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually just talked to Spagnuolo today, and it was just a good conversation. He congratulated me. And, I mean, moving forward, I was like, hey, man, tomorrow, like, I want to know a play already. You know, I'm already trying to dive into this playbook to pick up as fast as I can. Um, and I mean, moving forward, I'm just excited. Like it's a mixed emotions um, and going to this team. I mean, I've watched them literally playing the Super Bowl year in, year out. I mean, battling the playoffs all the time. So I know what kind of culture that they have established already and being able to go into this type of culture, I feel like is going to help me succeed and be the best person I can be. Connect to Pete Sweeney with 610 Sports. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Trent, congratulations. I was just wondering, and I, I wanted to f- follow up on the, the Tyron Matthew comment. And, yeah. uh, and is he someone that you've always modeled your, your game after? And, and what gives you that confidence and maybe that, that positional versatility that you described? Yeah, yeah. I mean, growing up, shoot, watching Tyron Matthew at LSU, he was one of those dudes where he wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the fastest, but he was always going to make a play. And that's something that I always try to do in my game is just be that person who's going to flash on the screen, you know, be that guy who's always around the football because I'm a football player and I want to create the best opportunities for my team. So watching Tyron Matthew and just how he became a leader, how he practices, how he played games, just the tenacity and heart that he gave um, is something that I can look at and try to model my game after. All right, guys, we've got four more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Harold Kuntz with Fox 4. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Trent, congratulations for coming to Kansas City, man. Um, thank you. Thank you. I want to ask you about your number 22. I saw an interesting story about that, what that means yeah. to you and how that family means to you and how much that has motivated you in your football playing career. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. That was my uh, oldest brother, Tyler's number, who unfortunately passed away um, a few years ago. And so going to college, never asked for the number, just somehow got the number. Um and just rocked with it. I was like, this is something that I'm able to share my story with, share a part of my family, part of my history with the rest of the world. And I mean, moving forward, of course, I'd want the number. If I don't get it, it's okay. But I was able to let people know about my oldest brother, about our family. And 
that was something special to me and some that I'm always going to be able to live with at UW. Let's connect to Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Trent, like everybody else, congratulations on a big night. Uh, you mentioned your family. Um, what, what was your draft night like? What were you doing? And, and what did that moment that you get the call mean to you after everything you, you and your family have been through? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I always knew, I mean, my family's huge. I feel like we're like the closest family ever. So during the draft, it was, I wanted to make sure that my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, just everybody was there. Everybody who supported me growing up throughout my football career was able to come enjoy this moment with me. And when I got the call, I saw Kansas City Chiefs and I was like, hold on, let me step out. Um, talking to coach, talking to coach Reed, talking to Spagnolia, talking to the Hunt family. And all of a sudden my family starts screaming. And I'm like, hold on, like, what am I missing here? Like, what's going on? I run inside. And of course, my name popped up on the screen and everybody started screaming. I was like, give me a second, coach. This might take a minute or two. Like when I got a chance to talk to you, I'll let you know. But honestly, it was just such an exhilarating moment, just being able to spend that time with my family. So it was awesome to be a part of that. The last two, we'll start with Sam McDowell with the Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Trent. Um, I just wondered what you anticipated going into into the night. I mean, uh, was 21 a little bit further of a fall than you anticipated? Um, honestly, I tell everybody this. Going into the NFL draft, um, there was – I wasn't looking at anything. I did not care where I went. I didn't care what round. I didn't care who I was going to. I was like, all I know is I just want to be on the team. Like, I just want to be a part of an organization, give me a shot, and – I'll do the rest. So, I mean, going into the night wasn't stress. was just honestly here to be in the moment and join my family. And fortunately enough, Kansas City Chiefs came and got me at 21. So super happy about that. And last, Steve Walls, Sideline Sports Talk. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Trent, what's happening, man? It's going good. Hey, congratulations, first of all. And uh, I just want to find out your, your conversations with, with Steve Spagnuolo. What were those? What was that like in, in uh, week one? Uh, will you be ready for the NFL? Yeah. Um, I mean, he pretty much just told me, of course, congratulations. Happy to have me. Um, we didn't talk too much because, of course, tonight was going crazy. Um, but I'm excited to go meet him tomorrow. I'm excited to sit down, start learning this defense, start learning about how I can help the team. And, I mean, moving forward, shoot. I'm ready to go tomorrow. Like I say, like, I'm just ready to play football at this point. The draft's finally done. I finally have the team. So I'm ready to just jump out there, get with the team, and start building those bonds. Trent, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, George, congratulations. Uh, I was wondering – yeah, no problem. I was wondering if you could describe your game uh, for Chiefs fans and and why you think it might be a fit in the Steve Spagnuolo defense. It's relentless. You know, I get after the quarterback. I stop the run. And I feel like I'm a three-down player. I'm an all-around player that could do everything and anything that's asked of them. You know, so I think I bring that to the table. I feel like I'm very, very consistent, and I feel like the best football, my best football is ahead of me. You know, so I think those are those are kind of the, the attributes of my game that I think the Chiefs were most excited about. You know, I've, I've only been playing football for about six, seven years now. So, so I'm really excited to develop to be under you know great, great system, have great teammates, great organization. I couldn't have asked to be in a better situation. Go next to Harold Coons with Fox 4. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, George, you mentioned your transition. I mean, what was it like, you know, coming from Greece and then finally getting to a point where you're in the NFL? How's that transition been for you, just learning a new sport, really? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, looking back on it, you know, it's pretty crazy to think about. You know, I feel like, in more more generally speaking, I've always expelled or excelled in sports to a certain extent. You know, and you know, football, you know, sort of came natural to me after you know after I had a full year under my belt. You know, I, I shortly fell in love with it. But just looking back on everything, just had a crazy, crazy, crazy ride. And, you know, just like the French say, c'est la vie, right? That's life. So. <laughs> All right. We'll go next to Blair Kirkhoff with the Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Blair. Hey, George, I'm just wondering what uh, what kind of communication you had with the Chiefs and uh, what, what have they talked about with uh, maybe as a role for you on this team? You know, I don't think we, we spoke specifically at, about roles, you know, other than, than kind of just doing what I do and, and bringing what I have to the table. You know, obviously I'm going to start off as the, as the lowest man on the totem pole and work my way up. You know, I'm going to earn my stripes and work as hard as I possibly can. You know, and obviously there's, there's, there's a room with a lot of veterans and I'm going to try to do everything I can to help the team uh, win. You know, obviously, you know, I had some meetings more later on with the Chiefs and I just, just couldn't have asked to be in a better situation. Let's go next to Nate Taylor with The Athletic. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, George. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I have two questions for you. Where does your relentlessness come from? And what was just your thought when you heard that you were going to be selected by the Chiefs? Yeah, my relentlessness. You know, I, I'd say that's kind of how the way I was raised. You know, my, my parents pushed me to do just about every sport imaginable. Um, you know, when you find some, when the, when you find the one you love, work as hard as you possibly can at it. You know, and I feel like there's no, there's no much, not not a whole lot of sense if you're going to dedicate almost your whole life to doing something that you don't do it to the maximum, uh, to your, your maximum ability every single time you're out there. Let's go next to Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, George, congratulations. Appreciate it. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, about love for football. And, and where did where did that love come from? What is it that you loved about the game that made you choose this over the other things that you were involved in? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, I love everything about it. I love the offseason. I like the mental and physical challenge and strain that, you know, the, the chess game. I like every single play is a single challenge, you know, both pre-snap, you know, after the ball snap, during, during, you know, the play, you know, whether it's executing your assignment, making the play, doing the right thing, having the perfect technique and trying to do that over and over and over again and being perfect, you know, that's, that, that challenge drives me, you know, because you do a sport, you know, like a, a sport that's repetitive over and over and over again, eventually, you know, you get a pretty good rhythm going. And with this, you have a, you have a different stimulus every single time and, and a different challenge every single play. So that's, that's what, that's what I love about it. But on, on top of everything else, you love the locker room, right? You love the connection and the bond you make with the teammates and, and everything that comes with that. Uh, last four, we'll go right down the line starting with Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, George, I wonder if you could tell me about when you first began playing football and what, what it is about the game that you love so much that had you pursue it. You know, I think the physicality on top of how much athleticism played a role in it. You know, I've always been bigger, you know, faster and stronger, especially growing up, you know, in Greece and then moving to Indiana. I was always, you know, one of the more, if not the most athletic guys, you know. So so that, you know, initially I was like, you know, I was doing it for the social aspect. I was like, I got to be better than these guys. You know, I'm, I know I'm tougher. I know I'm bigger. I know I'm faster. I'm stronger. So that, you know, a lot of time you gravitate to what you're probably going to be good at. You know, but after that, just completely fell in love with just – Everything I mentioned before. Let's go next to Adam Teicher with ESPN. Go ahead, Adam. 
Hey, George, uh, congratulations. Um, you you kind of touched on this a minute ago, but just hope, hope maybe you could elaborate. How did you get into football? What was it that uh, led you in there? Are there some stories you can uh, pass along about that? Yeah, you know, at first I didn't want to play. You know, my dad, my dad had walked on at the University of Miami and he got hurt. He got a pretty bad head injury. So I was, you know, at, at first cautious about playing and, and almost scared to a certain extent just because I didn't really know much about the game at all. Didn't know what a stance was. Didn't know what a first down really was either. You know, and after talking with people I trusted, I, I knew, you know, coaches, teammates, friends. I just started out just as a sport, something to do, and uh, for the social aspect. You know, after that, I, I fell in love with it about a year or so later. Thanks to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, George. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Hey, you uh, did an interview uh, at Purdue, and, and uh, it said you said something by the lines of, I believe, uh, prove them wrong. You also have that in your, your Twitter bio. Uh, can you explain that? And uh, do you, is there something that you like you feel that you are been, you know, disrespected at all or or you need to prove people wrong? My whole life, my whole life, I've had I've had doubters. I've had, you know, and maybe maybe at certain times it hasn't been a whole lot of them. Maybe. But but there's always people that are like, oh, he's not he's not really that good or, oh, he didn't really do that good of a job. And, and guys like, oh, he won't do this. Oh, he won't do that. Well, for me, it's always prove those guys wrong and prove the people that trust in you, believe in you and love you, prove them right. You know, so so it's all all about that. And, you know, it, specifically to this day, you know, 29 guys went before me and I'm going to prove uh, the teams and the people making those those picks that, that I deserve to be the first guy off the board. And we'll go last to Vahe Gregorian from the Star. Goodbye. Hey, George. Uh, welcome. Um, Thank you. Just, I wonder if you could uh, tell us a little about your water polo career, and then I'll have a follow follow up question. Yeah, I started playing maybe when I was in third grade. You know, been swimming was my very very first sport. I've been swimming since probably since I could walk. Maybe a little before then too. You know, obviously being from Greece, it was pretty critical to be really good at swimming. Uh, so started out just for some to do, you know, my, my dad was throwing stuff at me. I was at the, I was at the age where I was kind of trying to find what I loved, you know, starting to focus in on sports a little more, taking it more seriously, those kinds of things. And, um, first few years, I wasn't really good. I wasn't really too into it. And then just had an epiphany, you know, just like, Hey, I'm really good at this now. You know, it just kind of, kind of sort of came out of nowhere. You know, I kind of, a couple things clicked and then I was, Oh, this kid's pretty good. And then practice all the time from probably from seven o'clock to 11 o'clock at night every single day I was practicing with the men's team with people that were older and that was something that, that was really really good for me you know practicing and playing against people that were older than me and better than me bigger faster stronger so i think we had a follow-up from vahe one second here okay Va, you're unmuted go ahead and just uh well, sort of related to all that george i wonder how much you, you still identify as as being Greek and and what that transition was like for you at, at age 13 to, to come here. I don't know if it's much of a identification, you know, I'm, I'm a Greek citizen. That's that, you know, um, extremely proud of being Greek. Um, you know, half my family's Greek, half my family's American, you know, so I'm kind of both. And I'm, I'm extremely proud of that. Extremely proud of my heritage, both Greek and American. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm I'm Greek. <laughs> and when you came here at 13, what 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 was that? What was that like for you overall? It was it was it was you know that that was probably the most difficult uh, 
year or six months of my life. You know, I lost my dad shortly before that and, you know, transitioned and moved to a whole different country, made new friends, learned new things, you know, grammar and everything like that was completely different. School was different. Everything was different. Sports were different. So that was very, very hard, but I made the adjustment shortly after.